Welcome to another Innovation Forum podcast with me, Ian Welsh. I'm delighted that joining me today is Victor Yu Tamanjung, who's the Assistant Technical Manager for Africa at the Roundtable for Sustainable Palm Oil. Welcome to the podcast, Victor. Thanks for having me, Ian. Let's talk to kick things off a bit about the history of the palm oil sector in West Africa. How do you characterise how the sector has evolved? It is generally agreed that oil palm, which is alias guineensis, originated in the tropical rainforest region of Western Central Africa. Some sources say that evidence of its use staple food dates as far back as 5,000 years. So it started with the harvesting of wild grooves. This is a practice which is still common in Nigeria and Liberia today. It then moved from unmanaged wild grooves to smallholders actively cultivating palm oil on small plots of land and processing using household utensils and rudimentary cottage-level artisanal mills. From the mid-50s to the 70s, the governments of many West African countries started commercial estates on huge chunks of land with modernized mills that were more efficient. From the 80s onwards, however, a lot of the West African governments went into divestiture implementation programs. Initially, the governments still had some shares, but eventually divested all of their shares to private investors or multinationals, mostly from Europe and later from Southeast Asia. The efficiency of production increased after these takeovers due to more efficient management and a lot more investment to modernize the mills and operations. It is important to note that even though we have many of these big estates and mills, smallholder production is still very significant and amounts to roughly 70% of palm oil output In many parts of West Africa, artisanal mills are still very active and widespread. In between these smallholders, with a few hectares and artisanal mills, the very big estates with land holdings in tens of thousands of hectares and with processing capacity in tens of tons per hour, we also have medium-sized enterprises that are increasingly coming up. These have a few hundred to a few thousand hectares and a much lower processing capacity than the big estates. Up till recently, the focus has been on improving yields, improving processing capacity and efficiency, but now there is the sustainability in the mix where a lot of the actors are moving towards certification. As you say, the, the focus now is moving towards thinking around the deforestation impacts and other sustainability issues around the palm oil sector. Let's think about Ghana in particular. How is the sector evolving in Ghana and how is the RSPO engaging in Ghana around sustainability? Up until June 2017, RSPO didn't have any physical presence in Africa. Staff would occasionally come from the headquarters in Kuala Lumpur to work in Ghana and in West Africa in general. RSPO work was also done through partners such as Profiles and Solidaridad, who also happened to be RSPO members. But in 2015, the first Africa Sustainable Palm Oil Conference was organized in Ghana with participation from staff from the RSPO Secretariat. Another African regional conference was organized in 2016, still in Accra, Ghana, and these were fronted by ProForest. Because these two conferences were organized in Ghana, participation from the Ghanaian stakeholders was higher compared to other African countries. And in July 2017, the first RSPO Africa staff was employed, based in Ghana, increasing accessibility to stakeholders and able to give real-time support to stakeholders which might not have been the case before due to the seven to eight hour time difference with Malaysia. In terms of certification, Benso Palm Oil Plantation Bob, which also happens to be part of this podcast, were the first growers to be certified in August 2014, followed by Uleri Melville in Madagascar. The third certified company in Africa was also from Ghana, SIAT GOPDC in 2015. 
then NORPAM in 2016, and TOP in 2017. In terms of numbers, at 2019, the total crude palm oil production in Ghana was at 365,000 metric tons and 79,284 metric tons of that volume is RSPO certified, giving us 21.72% certification of Ghanaian production. This figure resembles the global certified sustainable palm oil figures, which also stand at 20%. Let's think a bit about smallholder farmers. As you said, Victor, smallholder is still very important in palm oil supply in Ghana and West Africa and elsewhere, of course. What are the specific challenges that you see in West Africa and Ghana around engaging smallholder farmers and the benefits of certifying palm oil production? So unlike the, the cocoa sector or other sectors in Ghana, up till 2013, the oil palm smallholders were scattered around the oil palm belts in Ghana. And you would understand that it is very difficult to engage smallholders individually. The first challenge was grouping these smallholders to ease engagement. In other West African countries like Cote d'Ivoire, the state has already organized smallholders into cooperatives, so it is much easier to get an entry point. The second challenge is that certification is not the immediate interest of smallholder farmers in Ghana. What is of interest to them is yield and income improvement, so certification cannot be the entry point. Market access, which is one of the advantages or driving forces behind certification, is really not a challenge for smallholders in Ghana, because in addition to the big grower mills to whom they sell their fruits, we have thousands of cottage-level artisanal mills dotted all over the country and also offer very competitive prices to smallholders. So you understand that at the moment, market access is really not an issue. Given these challenges, the RSPO noticed that the entry point to certification was by first grouping these smallholders and also getting yield improvement through implementation of best management practices. In 2013, through Solidaridad, the RSPO Secretariat, through its RSPO Smallholder Support Fund, decided to fund a project in Ghana worth 166,000 US dollars with objectives to get smallholders into groups, train them on BNP, best management practices, in order to get yield improvements, meaning more income for uh, these smallholders. It is only after these smallholders started benefiting from these trainings that we thought we could bring up the topic of certification. Just to give you an idea, before these trainings with Solidaridad, smallholder yields would range from 2.5 tons per hectare to 6 tons per hectare in contrast to the big growers who had yields ranging from 16 tons per hectare to above 20 tons per hectare. You can see that the discrepancy was quite high. After these trainings, some of the smallholders testified of having yields improve up to 16 tons per hectare. It is only at this point that we brought up the subject of certification. Even at that, there was still a major bottleneck because the certification standard at the time required that smallholders should have legal land titles, which is very difficult and expensive to obtain in Ghana. The situation is different now because we have the new RSPO independent smallholder standard, which is simplified and tailor-made for smallholders. This standard recognizes evidence of land rights based on traditions and customs. This has helped in the efforts to get many more smallholders certified. Yes, it's good to hear that the new RSPO smallholder standards are helping. You mentioned that traditional land titles in Ghana are not the same as the legal land titles that the RSPO is required elsewhere. Do you think that this traditional approach to land titles and land ownership is going to remain? 
Like I mentioned before, uh, getting legal land titles entails a very difficult and expensive process for smallholders. There are usually no conflicts in communities uh, where you find these smallholders because their traditions and customs permit them to know who owns the land and who has user rights. One other thing that the RSPO Secretariat has done to ease this is that the opportunity has been given to national stakeholders to develop national and local interpretations of the standards we have, where requirements can be interpreted based on the local context. Ghana is one of the first countries that developed a national interpretation for the RSPO principles and criteria, and a local interpretation for the RSPO independent standards. In these standards, it is still clearly stated that land rights according to customs and traditions are recognized, uh, making things easier for smallholders. So I think this is a clear indication that the stakeholders are happy to go with this system of land rights. You mentioned that market access is not currently a major concern for smallholder farmers. Is that something that's going to change, do you think? The artisanal mills, uh, as I mentioned, cannot process all the foods that come from the smallholders. So the smallholders still have to sell to grower mills. With the grower mills having their buyers increasingly demanding certified palm oil, with time that pressure is going to be passed on to smallholders. So yes, going forward, we see a market access also becoming a driver for smallholder certification. What does the future hold for RSPO in West Africa? And what's the future for the palm oil sector in West Africa more generally? One of the goals is to get everyone in the palm oil supply chain certified in order to make sustainable palm oil the norm. By so doing, we will know that we are making a huge impact. But again, with the smallholders, we are going beyond certification and looking at yield and income improvements, which are usually not directly related to certification. So these are the starting points for us. And these are clearly spelled out in our smallholder strategy. In terms of other grower members, we are noticing an increase in RSPO membership applications. Remember I mentioned that four grower members in Ghana were certified. In addition to them, there are other RSPO grower members who are not yet certified. We expect that in the future, the number of RSPO smallholders will be even higher. And once membership is granted to new members, they have a time-bound plan that they have to communicate and respect in getting their estate certified. This time-bound plan is usually not more than five years. Increasingly also, a lot of mills are having to sell to Europe and the buyers are strictly demanding RSPO certified palm oil or its derivatives. We think that this is also going to exponentially increase certification figures in the coming years, both in Ghana and in West Africa in general. Financiers also, on their part, are demanding that companies pursue RSPO certification as part of their due diligence requirements. We think this is also going to lead to an increase in certification. With the RSPO independent smallholder standard being a simplified standard tailor-made for smallholders, we foresee that many more smallholders in Ghana and West Africa will get certified in the near future. For instance, a very good example is coming from Sierra Leone, where a group of around 5,000 smallholders in the gold tree landscape have undergone their initial certification and are certified to milestone B, which is the last phase of this stepwise certification approach. They were certified on the 13th of July, 2021. And this group is also receiving support from the RSPO Smallholder Support Fund. The certification of this close to 5,000 smallholders will certainly set the tone for the certification of many other groups in the near future. As concerns the downstream side of the supply chain, because we have dwelled more on the upstream side, 
Many optakers in Africa have also made public commitments at the global level with timelines to source 100% sustainable palm oil. Because of this, we are also expecting an increase not only in certification, but also in the uptake of certified palm oil. From July 2017 also to September 2018, we had just one RSPO staff in Africa. Now we have two. The RSPO Secretariat is also in the process of increasing the staff strength, and we have already recruited the smallholder program manager who should join the team soon. We are also in the process of recruiting an assurance manager. This should be done in the coming month. This means that the staff strength would have doubled by the end of the year. Based on the organizational plans, other positions will be open for Africa next year. With this increase in staff, we see a brighter future for RSP in Africa due to increase in impact. It's great to hear that you're able to increase resources in Africa and to continually increase in the amount of engagement you have, particularly with the smallholder farmers, which, as we said, are so, so much a large part of the sector in Africa and beyond. So thanks, Victor, for sharing your insights and thanks very much. Thank you, Jan.